The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Matt and I are off until Wednesday for Memorial Day. But until then, we have a special bonus episode of the UFC's newest podcast for you to check out. The show is called Becoming a Fighter and is hosted by our good friend, uh, Megan Olivi. This episode is about Leon Edwards, who, Matt, you and I love Leon Edwards. And we're all familiar. He's had a lot of struggles during the pandemic. But as you're going to hear, he's had to overcome a lot more in his life just to earn a spot on the UFC roster. So enjoy this episode of Becoming a Fighter with Megan O'Levy uh, featuring Leon Edwards. And uh, we'll see you again next Wednesday. I've been broke. I've been to the bottom of the pile along for many, many times, ups and downs in my life. Brought up in violence and in, in poverty, getting involved in, in gang crimes. These boys beat me up. The two versus one, you know. My mum came to the police station many times to get me out of the police station. Gave me to hold the gun. As I was playing with it, I looking at you, gone went off. Other fighters on our roster, they sometimes talk about being gangsters and they use it as a way to sort of demonstrate their toughness. For you, when you see that being covered in the press, what's your reaction? Street fighting was, was the least of my worries as a kid, you know? <laughs> I'm like, used to be getting killed and shot and stabbed and having a fist fight was like one of the, the least worries for me as a kid, you know? Leon Edwards in the blue. Seth Bozinski. Leon Edwards is a problem. Since he got into the UFC in 2014, he's passed every test the UFC has thrown at him. Currently, he's on an eight-fight win streak that spans over six years. His last loss was in 2015 against Kamaru Usman. Yeah, you know, the champ. Leon has defeated both legends of the sport and hard-nosed veterans with ease. All right, San Antonio, Leon Rocky Edwards has officially arrived. Congratulations, eight consecutive welterweight wins, and none sweeter than this one. My broadcast There's no question that Leon belongs in the same conversation as the best fighters in the welterweight division. But for some reason, that still feels like a point of contention. Why? He just doesn't get the attention or the spotlight in the same manner that others do. Who are those others, you might ask? There's Nate Diaz. So I know my man's a gangster, but he ain't no West Coast gangster. Jorge Masvidal. But Usman's going to get baptized, man. You know, I don't really like this individual, so why not get paid and F up somebody I don't like? Colby Covington. I should have knocked him out. Brazil, you're a dog. All you filthy animals suck. And Gilbert Burns. You came in here, you talk so much shit. Now you got to see me. You're going to see me. I'm going to... I'm going to get you. 
in his UFC career, Leon just hasn't been quite as outspoken as the guys you just heard from. Yeah, it was frustrating, just that I didn't tell my story, right? So they probably didn't know. I think everyone outside the UK, the UK is all soft. Every time I speak to like an American person about the UK, it's all like, what, do you know the Queen? I was like, no, I don't know the Queen, you know? <laughs> Believe it or not, Leon doesn't know the Queen. But most fight fans, they don't really know Leon. Leon Edwards' story is one of the most unique and inspiring in the sport. Most people, they just don't know it. Other UFC fighters' origin stories are part of their mythology. But for some reason, Leon's kept his past relatively private. Until now. It turns out being relatively anonymous has been deliberate. Leon has wrestled with his past for years. I wanted to be like a better person, you know, than than what my story was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much better than that. And I didn't want to tell it because I feel like I was like glorifying it. And you know, I'm grateful for my struggles and grateful for my ups and downs. And it made me who I am today. Did Leon Edwards become a fighter because of the extraordinary circumstances he had to overcome? What unlocked his potential? And how did he rise above what was holding him back? And why is he sharing his story now? What does that say about where he's headed as a fighter and as a person? Well, let's get into it. I'm Megan O'Levy, and this is Becoming a Fighter. Leon's story starts in Kingston, Jamaica, where he was born. He has fond memories of his early days. To be born and raised raised in Jamaica, for me as a, as a kid, I, I see as a fun childhood now. You could go outside, you could play football with your friends, or you guys call it soccer, I think. So also there was trials and tribulations growing up, but apart from that, it was a, a pretty good childhood. As Leon moved through life, his memories have come more into focus. It's clear to him today that he grew up in serious poverty. My house was like a basically a wooden house shack. It's just the norm, you know, it's not like, it was different. It was like one house is like poor and one house is rich. They probably recognize it, but with the old um, area they live in, all of the same way, I didn't really think much of it, you know, it was just a normal life. Leon's family, his mother, father, and brother Fabian all lived in a small one-room house. But as Leon says, it all felt pretty normal to him because everyone around him had a similar life. But there was one little difference. From a normal dad, he was the leader of the gang, you know? Leon's dad was known around town as the general. Since he was a leader in a local gang, Leon sometimes would get things his friends didn't. Having like a dad that's the leader of a gang is, I wouldn't say perks, but it's like, it was as tough as some kids, you know? Like I said, he had, he could afford to go to the UK and make money and send it back to his family in Jamaica. And so I had, I had like I said, I had PS1 and stuff like that. Have, as a kid in, in, in Jamaica, that's like, that's like a big thing, you know? Having like a um, like remote control cars and shit like that. Leon's family also got treated differently from others in the community. From quite a young age, I knew what he was involved with, you know? what From how much respect people show him and how much respect people show us as his family, as his kids, you know? So um, I kind of understand what, what he was involved in, of not to the full extent and as, as, as I got older, but from a pretty young age, um, it was a small community, so everyone knows knows everybody. We all know what everyone does in the community, so it was from a young age I realised that my dad was who he was, you know? Oh, because your dad is as well, you kind of felt safer, you know? You felt like you can probably get away with more than, than what, what, what other kids could, you know? 
Leon loved his dad. He was aware of the benefits that came with his dad's position in the community. But being the son of a gangster presented its own set of problems. From generations to generations in, in, in Jamaica where I live, it was all like the, the guys that were with the gangsters, the guys that used um, like the head of the community, they was looked upon as to be like the, the, the hero, right? People go to them when they got problems. They go to them if like, let's say like there's an abusive husband or something, they'll go to the, to the gang just to help, you know? So from, from a kid, it always looked like <laughs> it's weird because like, I want to be like them, you know, but because um, all you see around it 24-7 is these are the people with the money. These are the people that the community goes to. So there were obviously some downsides to gang leaders having such an outsized role in the community. Just um, being brought up in like a gang environment where there's shootouts <laughs> every other week, you know, um, to be a young kid and be so knowledgeable about shootings and people getting shot and who's been killed and it's like a like looking back now it's like a mad way to 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 be brought up one memory in particular stands out by accident you know um one of my friends showed me he was an older kid he's about 15 16 and he called me one day he's like oh, look look what i've got it's like a six shooter and <laughs> then he showed me the gun he gave me to hold the gun as i was playing with it like looking at you gun went off when it went off, I was fucking dropped it and run. Then he came back around and be like, oh, don't tell your dad what happened, you know? And it's sad because the kid like, actually showed me the gun. He's now passed away, you know? He got killed in gun violence. I found out since being in the UK that he, he eventually got killed. A big change in Leon's life came when his parents separated when he was around six years old. Leon's father moved to London while Leon, his brother Fabian, and his mom stayed in Jamaica. Leon credits his mother for keeping his childhood as normal as possible, despite the upheaval. My mom is tough, man, you know. She was like the tough one out of the sisters, you know. So she kind of, she was wise to the street and wise to what's going on. So I think at like 15 years old, she had me, you know. She had me quite young, so she kind of understand what it was and, and what was going on. Even though he was now across the world, Leon's dad also did what he could to provide for his sons. So it's rare that after being remarried to send for the family that you had back home some men would have forgot about them and just moved on with their life you know so how grateful I am for my dad and how grateful she is to my dad and he's a, a wise man and he did what he did what he needed to do <laughs> for his family um, he didn't leave his family and that's good eventually Leon's parents decided that leaving Jamaica was best for the entire family Leon Fabian and their mom packed their bags and moved to Aston in England, about two hours north of London. It was a big adjustment. I remember the first time London in the UK and how cold it was, you know, and how how different it was. Like, even the cars, the houses, everything just, like, that different. It was such a, a big place. It was crazy as a kid, you know, to, to, to be witnessing all this. But like I said, I knew I was from TV that it would have been a safer way to live and to, and to grow up. And that was my dad's thought, so I should think, to bring his family to the UK. Being an immigrant, you know, coming to a new country, you don't speak the language, I uh, speak like Patwa, just like, like broken English, you know, Jamaican, um, we're still English, we're like broken, you know, and when you first came, you kind of like get into fights, go kiss you, like tease you, how you speak, and, but eventually I start making friends and start being more involved. Probably like the first, time seeing something like white people in my life. 
Leon's family may have left Jamaica behind, but even in the UK, violence still followed Leon. He started getting into fights, not because he wanted to, but because he had to. So I'm looking now as a man is like, what the hell? You know, you, but you're, <laughs> you're so young, you're trying to prove it's like ego and everything, you know? Everyone got ego around him and people that like, like step on someone's shoes, looking at them. You probably, probably look at them funny, you just think you're looking at them funny, but you're not, you know? And that like, what you're looking at, once you need to prove yourself, just that you just don't want to be a bitch, you know? Because you never feel like it's either you're, you're, you're a victim or you're not going to be a victim, you know? And you can't just show weakness, you know? If you want to allow it, especially like in school and stuff like that, once you allow it to like, for it to start, it's hard to stop it, you know? So you have to shut it down from from, from the get-go. And, you know, I, I never go out there and pick it, but I wouldn't just, like, get bullied, you know? Because I, I, I see what it's like. It's fucked up to get bullied, you know? Leon said he rarely lost a fight in his school days, but, of course, you can't win them all. There's, like, a park, like, a play area where everyone, everyone goes to, you know, after school or... I remember walking home and him and his cousin came around, you know, and so yeah, we, we went up in a fight. Obviously, I lost because it's two versus one, probably like 12 or something. So I went home, I had like a black eye, you know, so mom was like, what happened to you? I was like, <laughs> these boys basically uh, beat me up, you know? She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I was like uh, the, two, the two versus one, you know, and I thought I forgot about it. Then one day I was like driving with my dad and then um, your mom told me about a fight you had in school. I was like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, uh, so we was driving, and we like, he like smacked me. I was like, I was like shocked, you know. I was like, what, what are you doing? Like, have you ever seen anyone like beat your dad up? You know, you ever anyone ever done that to your dad? Have you ever seen it? I was like, no, I've never seen it. You know, and like, don't don't let me, don't let mum fool me again, saying that you're coming home with black eyes and get letting, letting boys beat you up at school. You know, and so Leon got beat up by two guys he fought by himself, and his dad. Well, he reacted with anger that he lost the fight. Leon's thought a lot over the years about why his father reacted in this way. It's a mad way to parent, you know, like now I've got my own my own child and I'll never think to even think like that, to even basically blame the child for losing a fight, you know. He's, he's a kid, but like I said, my parents, so they're brought up in a different, different environment, different era. They're brought up in violence and in poverty, you know, and so they're growing toughie. My mom, she's a tough lady, you know, being a single mom. So I can't understand it, but I wouldn't do it to my kid, you know. <laughs> his relationship with his father was always complicated. He admired and respected his father, but he also saw him for what he was. Oh, so like I said, I knew what he was involving, you know, so I know eventually something's going to happen to him. He was like literally like probably like two in the morning. Every time it's a late phone call, you know there's something bad, you know? So I kind of hear, I was in my room, she was in her room, I kind of hear her phone ringing. Then like, I heard her crying, you know? And then I knew from then there's something bad, you know? So I kind of like pretended to still sleep because I didn't want to get up and hear what's, got, what's happening, you know? And then eventually she came into my room and just told me basically dad just got, just got killed, you know, in, in London. To this day, Leon's still not exactly sure why his father was killed. Leon was only 13 years old when it happened, and his world was turned upside down. From there, there's a spiral effect, just like going into getting involved in, in gang crimes. And from there, I just I got like more like a shorter temper, you know, I was more angry as a kid. And so I, I ended up in more, in more fights. My mom came to the police station many times to get me out of the police station, you know, so... 
But I knew that what I was doing was was also breaking heart. Just kept doing it because, like I said, your friends are doing it, and as, as, as a teenager, it's kind of like you're just involved. How did your mom react when she had to pick you up from jail or bail you out? She was disappointed, you know. Like I said, she was a single mom. I mean, she had to work two, two, two to three jobs, you know. So she she didn't have time to be like on top of me to as as it would be if it was two parents in the household, you know, if one's at work, one's at home to look after the kids. If she's gone, then I'm I'm at home, me and my brother, so I can go out with my friends and go do what do what I'm doing while she's at work, you know. So it was hard to to monitor us. But um also she was she was, she was disappointed. <laughs> I keep getting in trouble. Police always knocking at the door about some kind of fight or some kind of something that happens, you know. And um so I, I knew this and I did want to like do better, but didn't know how to do better. Leon was heading down a destructive path. Like he said, it seems he knew what he was doing was wrong, but at the time, he really saw no other way forward. I always knew that I, I always had a feeling that I could be better, you know. There's, there was more to life, you know. I just didn't know how to get it, and everyone around me, there was no like, blueprint around me to 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 show success. As, as a kid, like my teenage years, I didn't think, I didn't know what I was going to do as a, as an adult, you know. Just like living by the day by day, living by the moment, you know, and to now have this path I could take. But I always knew that I wanted to do better and, and I could do better, you know, I just didn't know how to get how to achieve it and how to do it. Leon needed help to find purpose and a community to help him grow up the right way. He needed some good luck. One uh, morning we was walking to the bus stop, me and my mom, and there was a gym building on the high street where all the, where all the shops are above, above the Blackbusters um, called UTC, you know. This was, oh, I should try this out. It looks like it's a fighting gym, you know. I was like, uh, yeah, cool, let's go go up the stairs and have a look and see what is it, you know. And then they explain, obviously, mixed martial arts and the membership is £60 a month for classes and £40 a month just for the gym use. And so she was like, hey, you want to do it? I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do it, you know, because it was close to my house. It was easy to walk from the house to to the gym, you know. So, yeah, she she, she eventually um, signed me up when, when, when the gym um, eventually opened. And then yeah, that, that was it. Leon makes this moment sound like it was inevitable. But at the time, he had no clue that an MMA gym above a blockbuster would be where his life changed. What are the odds at this point? You're living in this neighborhood. What are the odds, though, that you become a professional fighter? Zero. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I, I knew nothing about MMA until I, until I started MMA. You know, I, I didn't know MMA, MMA was a sport. I knew about boxing. I knew about Thai boxing. But I, I didn't know MMA was a sport, you know, until I actually went into an MMA gym and then I started researching what's MMA, what's the UFC, what's this, what's that. There was one big problem. The classes, they were expensive. And Leon's mom, a single mother raising two boys, had to figure out how to pay for them. So I, I knew that it would have been it would be hard for her to sign me up, you know. I even tried to convince her, like, I'm okay, I don't need to go, you know. I can I can like I can eventually I can go eventually, but I don't need to go now, you know. I was trying to show, no, nah, no, nah, I got it, you can you can you can go, you want you can do it, you know. She eventually just like I said, just sign me up. So I go in there every single day, you know, just to keep me out of trouble. She had to work two to three jobs, you know. Leanne's mom knew how important these classes could be for her son whether it was mother's intuition or her knack to overcome seemingly impossible odds, she did whatever it took to get Leon into that school. She sacrificed it. She, she worked her jobs and she got it done, but I knew she was doing it to keep me off the street, you know, to hang around with my friends and I know what the main objective was, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I stuck to it as I just 
because that's the first time not first time but that, that's I can see that she was proud of me you know I was coming back on our little trophies and like telling her stuff and she was happy you know she said I was happy so she was happy you know and that's what kept me in it really just to make my mom happy Something else was now motivating Leon other than his desire to be a good fighter his mom Leon knew what she had sacrificed so he worked his damn ass off at the gym soon he was training all the time were you immediately good? I was good enough to, 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 to survive the classes, you know. I remember the first day I actually, actually had a spar and I got beat up, you know. And but even, even, though, even though I got beat up, the coaches like, was like, oh, you're good. You can actually do it, you know. You can, um, you got like, like natural talent and raw talent. If you if you train and come more, you can do something with it, you know. And I think that's what kept me in the gym. That's what kept me going back. Just a positive reinforcement saying, oh, you're good, you can do this. If you keep doing it, there's a path to it, you know, and that's what, that's what kept me pushing. Now remember, when Leon's father found out he lost a fight, he punished Leon. So until now, Leon was afraid to lose. But his coaches, well, they treated him differently. After his setbacks, he was encouraged, not embarrassed. Had you had that type of positive reinforcement in your life before or that sort of maybe... We'll call it mentorship, even though yeah. they were more coaches. Did, had you had that before? Not really. Probably a little bit for my mom, probably. Um, my dad is more tough love, you know. Um, like I said, I lost the first fight. I got smacked for losing my fight, you know. So probably not, not as, as strong as, as it was in the gym, you know. In the gym, it was just like constant, like, if you're good, if you do this, you can do that. You can you can achieve, you can do good stuff, you know. And to see like a different path and different way out and how to do things and how to succeed in life. That's what kept me going. That's what kept me kept me motivated and, and, and I started hanging out with my friends as much. I started going to the gym every day. My friends was phoning me. They had to come to the gym to see me, you know? So the more I went, the more I enjoyed it and the more I learned about it, the more, the more I wanted to do it, you know? I started going home Googling, like, what's the USC? What did they make? <laughs> Shit like that, you know? You know? Because see if there's actually a career in it, you know? And uh, then seeing there's a career in it propelled me more into the MMA. It was like two different person, you know? Like... As, as a kid, like my teenage years, I didn't know what I was going to do as a as an adult. You know, just like living by the day by day, living by the moment. You know, and to now have this path I could take and this career that I could take if I put my mind to it, I could. This is where you could get to. Is I was definitely more positive. With a new support system behind him, Leon was starting to think big. After seeing fighters at his gym like Von Lee make it to the UFC, he even began to envision a career as a professional fighter. But he still had some doubts. When it started MMA, like in any sport, everyone be like, oh, well, you need a plan B, you know, because there's 7 billion people in the planet. Almost so many get to the UFC, you know. So no one from Birmingham ever done anything great in the UFC. So it was like hard to dream as a kid to be like, yo, I want to be a UFC champion, you know, when there's no route to it and how to even, how to even get to the UFC at the time. Leon kept working towards his goal of becoming a UFC fighter despite the long odds of success. I mean, why not? Look at what he'd overcome already. Eventually, his coaches didn't have to boost him up after losses because he just kept winning. So after just eight months, yes, eight months of training, he decided to enter his first amateur tournament. And I remember how nervous it was, you know, because normally on the street, there's, when there's a fight, you can't just like, there's a fight there. And then you, there, weren't, there weren't really no like, preparation for it or build up to it, just like dead there and then. So it was a different kind of nerves, you know. But yeah, I remember I went out there, I won, I beat like a guy that was a blue belt. 
and and and, and I won the trophy. And from then, even more, it started pushing me more into it. Like like, look, I can actually do it. You know, even though it was an amateur tournament, to me it was a big deal. <laughs> but so yeah, it was good. Just remember the feeling of being like, okay, this is the start of your career. You know, I, was, I took it so serious. I still do now, but I took it like this is like the start of your career. You know, it's like a mad feeling to come from where you come from to. I can't, you can't like carry all this into fights. Winning or losing doesn't make me who I am, you know. But as a kid, you don't want to go back to where you come from, you know. So you kind of, you put so much energy into, I really need to win this fight. But really, it's like I said, it's all, it's all in the competition. It doesn't judge who I am as, as a man or as, as a human being. But yeah, I remember how happy I was when I won, you know, because it's, uh, it, was, it was a long, long road. Turns out the long road was just beginning. Leon got the call he was waiting for. My manager phoned me one day and said, oh, you come to the gym, you know? I was like, okay, cool. Came to the gym and he's like, oh, what do you think about Brazil? The UFC phoned and said, oh, do you like a late notice fight in Brazil in three weeks? What do you think? I was like, started crying. And you were like, yeah, I love Brazil. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, let's go, you know? I was like, let's get it, you know? Um, like I said, it's a mad way to come from where I come from to achieve this I finally achieve it you know after so much ups and downs in my life and to actually now get, just getting into the UFC was, was 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 great you know How did your mom react when you got to tell her you are now in the UFC? Ah, she was she was excited you know um, I was like driving home and I phoned her like uh, mom you never guess what so she's like what I'm in the UFC she's like what? she's like no <laughs> I like, no, yeah I swear to God mom um, I did it you know she was like started crying and she was happy and um, she's like, look, so I told you, man, like you put your mind to it, you can do it. She, she, she was happy. She was, oh, she was rough because this is my dream and this is this is what I'm working towards from 17. Got to use it quite young, I think, as well. So it was good. Leon had overcome impossible odds to get where he never thought he could go. The UFC. He'd be flying across the world to fight professionally. It was an overwhelming moment. But... He knew he was ready for it. The mentality I've got definitely helped me in my fighting career, you know, and all the struggles I've been through, even though I didn't want to go for it. But I went for it, and especially now, I can be anything I want to be, you know. I believe struggle can make you tougher, and struggle can, especially in in fighting career, you know, it can help you push through hard things. And so, yeah, 100%, uh, I believe my life and my, my the way I look at life. If you put your mind to it, look where you came from, you know, like there's no possibility for you. You can do what you want to do. You can achieve whatever you want to achieve, you know, and I've faced struggles many times. I've always got through it and excelled, you know, and so I think my life showed me that the world is possible. You can achieve anything and just keep pushing, you know, and to come from where I come from, from the beginning of my life to now, it's like I wouldn't imagine this in my wildest dream. This is where I belong. This is what I'm meant to be doing, you know. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. You know, I mean, to come from where I come from, this wouldn't happen if, if, if it wasn't the case. And this is what it's meant to be, you know. It's November 8th, 2014. The day of Leon's UFC debut finally arrived. This was a chance to let Dana White and the rest of the UFC roster know that he belonged. He was fighting Claudio Silva in his home country of Brazil a mecca of mixed martial arts. A short notice win in front of fans supporting their countrymen would instantly give Leon credibility and a shot at a long stay in the UFC. And then... After three rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. The judges score the contest. 29-28, Edwards. 29-28, Silva. 29-28 for the winner by split decision... 
Claudio Hannibal Silva. I remember the feeling just like, oh, like my world just crushed, you know, like this is everything you've worked towards as a man and this is how you uh, you wanted to provide for your family and then now you're lost, you know, like I kind of like build up to think, oh, this is like, this kind of failure, you know, it was, it was, it was fucked up, like I said, because where I come from, you kind of like put it all into fights, you know, like I don't want to go back to there, so I have to win, you know, but so yeah, I ended up losing Claudio Silva, then I re- rebuilt myself up. Now in the past, Leon would have been reeling from a loss. His father had drilled in him that losing was unacceptable. But Leon, he was a professional now. I've lost many times in life. I've lost people. I've lost, I've been broke. I've been the bottom of the pile along for many, many times, ups and downs in my life, you know. So, and I've always managed to excel and do good things. This is my mentality. I want, I want to win. This is in me, you know, I'm a winner at life. He knew he still had the chance to make the most of this opportunity. So he got on a hot streak and he never really cooled off. His next fight was an eight second knockout. The second fastest in UFC welterweight history. Then he went through a who's who of the division, including Vicente Luque, Donald Cerrone and Rafael De Santos. stage of his career has just mixed it up beautifully. Stoppage victory for Leon Rocky Edwards. It is all over. Leon Edwards by submission. For the winner, by unanimous decision, Leon Rocky Edwards. It means a lot to me, man, because I was here before. I was watching it in the stands, and one day, I'm going to UFC. This is a dream come true for me. Fast forward to 2020. Leon has become one of the hottest fighters in the UFC. Maybe too hot. Despite not losing a fight in five years, he had a very hard time finding opponents. Probably because he remained a bit of a mystery. Who was this quiet British fighter who just kept beating everyone? He wasn't making headlines. He was just winning fights. No one wants to get their ass kicked by someone flying under the radar. At some point, Leon would become too good to ignore. But how long would he have to wait for that? Finally, Leon got a break. He booked the biggest fight of his life against former champ Tyron Woodley in March of 2020. He'd be fighting at home in London in the main event. Leon would have his chance to show the world that he was ready to fight for a welterweight title with the crowd behind him. Yeah, March 2020. You know where this is going. The president just spoke to the country and we have no choice now but to postpone these fights. Leon's chance to prove he was the face of the welterweight division would have to go on pause, just like everything else. Things only got harder from here. It was like a frustrating year and a half, you know, I've been off like a year and a half. I had loads of ups and downs and in that year I've lost a friend when my friend got killed on Father's Day last year and just a lot of things happened in the year and a half I was off, you know, and so what kept me focused and what kept me going was was training, you know, it was like, eventually I'm going to fight, eventually, if you just keep training, eventually you have to fight, you know, don't sit around and, and waste this time, improve yourself and improve your, your mental state, and improve your, your skill set. As if things weren't difficult enough already, he eventually accepted about to face the hottest prospect in the UFC, Hamzat Shemaev. But the bout was postponed three separate times after positive COVID tests and ended up never happening. When exciting contender Bilal Muhammad agreed to fill in for Shemaev, an accidental eye poke from Leon ended the fight in a no contest. 
then to come back and have that happen it was just like, like oh god you know it's like uh, what more you know and then after the fight I went, went on the phone to my mum and I was like oh I was the same to her basically uh, like what the fuck's like what's going on you know it's been a shit year and a half you know and so uh, she's saying that uh, basically you're okay just like it's fine you know just you, you look good out there keep your faith and it, it'll happen for you you know just just don't don't beat yourself up about it and just brought up to tears that moment was caught on camera after his bout against Muhammad. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know that the camera was on the bus. That's what made it worse. And I was like, in bed one day, I was like, there's so, so much of ESPN, like crying. I was like, oh God, the whole year and a half just came down on me that night, you know, like, oh, like just a lot came out, you know, and that's what you said. Finally, Leon did book a big fight. Well, a huge fight, actually. Imagine what Leon, the son of a gang leader, must have felt when he was approached to face this guy. It's Nick Diaz Army, motherfuckers. All respect to the man. But there ain't no gangsters in this game anymore. There ain't nobody who does it right but me and him. So I know my man's a gangster, but he ain't no West Coast gangster. You know what I'm saying? Stock in California, baby. You already know what's up. Nate Diaz, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, you know who that is. Nate Diaz. That was after his win against Anthony Pettis in 2019. After a long and winding journey, Leon would finally have the chance to prove himself against a big-name star. But because it's a Leon Edwards fight, something real weird was bound to happen. After Diaz was injured during training camp, the bout was pushed from May 15th to June 12th. They're now scheduled to fight at UFC 263. Postponements aside, Leon's next opponent is a guy who literally calls himself a gangster. How must that feel for someone who actually lived through that stuff? Who actually avoided talking about it because he didn't want to glamorize the world he fought so hard to climb out of? I've lived it, I've been through it, I've from a kid, you know. So when 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 I see stuff like this, like, even like comments about uh, these you're scared of these guys, you don't know what <laughs> you don't know what they they're, they're gangsters and they're street fighters and like street fighting was was the least of my worries as a kid, you know. I'm like, I'm like used to be getting killed and shot and stabbing. Um, having a fist fight was like one of the the least worries for me as a kid, you know. So it's not funny, but it's just like it is. There's hopefully now I tell my story more. There, I'm not here to glorify being gangster or being the baddest man, you know. Now my 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 aim is to be the best man I can be in my life to make my my son proud, my mom proud, my family proud. I don't want to be known as the baddest man. I want to be known as the best fighter to ever do it. A man that's, that, that's survived many things and came through it and achieved greatness. This is the irony about Leon. He lived that kind of life, the life that other fighters mythologize. But he's worked hard to make sure the conditions he grew up in don't define him. And now, as he prepares to fight Nate Diaz, who literally fought for a belt that would have declared him a badass, Leon is telling his story. Not to overshadow another fighter or to even sell fights. It's like two different person, you know. It's like I had two different lives, you know, from where I was to where I am now. Just living two different life. I didn't really want to clarify. It was more just about I wanted to do like a be like a better person, you know, than than what my story was, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm much better than that, and so I didn't want that to reflect as I'm coming in like I'm this this gangster, you know, but. The more um, my profile grows, the more I succeed in my career. 
the more I want to help other people, you know, because there's there's loads of other kids that's got probably similar story to to me with single parents and coming from underprivileged backgrounds, you know. So if I can tell my story and having to to help somebody, one person, uh, that's good enough for me, you know, to help motivate them and to show them that it's not where you start, it's where it's where you finish. How does it feel for you now as an adult to be the person that young Leon Edwards really needed to see? I am still grateful for my life, you know, I'm grateful for my struggles and grateful for my ups and downs and it made me who I am today, you know, it made me a tougher man, it made me a tougher human and maybe if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be here right now, you know, maybe I'll be doing something else. So yeah, if I else, if I had a pro- like a, a person that made my life, I probably would have been doing something else. But like I said, my life has made me who I am. I am proud of it. I'm proud of my parents and proud of my, my, my father and I'm, I'm just proud of myself, you know, and that's the main thing. I'm, I am happy in the body that I'm in, I'm happy at the stage I'm in to be able to provide for my family, provide for my for my son and to give him a better life, you know, and hopefully he can move on with generations and do better. Leon isn't just opening up about himself. He's out there. He's in the real world, helping kids who need him. As part of Onside Youth Zone's youth mentoring program, Leon is joining other British fighters like Darren Till and Jimmy Manawa to do their part in ending violence in their hometowns. The plan is to basically help these kids, mentor, mentor them, um, teach them um, MMA, the, the sport and like the, the, the discipline part of it, hard work and or what you could be if you put your mind to things. You know, we're not going in there to make these kids fighters. We're going in there to to basically just mentor anything we can do to help. We'll, we'll, we'll help, you know, to be like, look, we, we've been here before. Some kids come from poor backgrounds. If we can say, look, I understand that it's hard, but your parents don't have to pay for it. We'll pay for your gym membership, you know, if you, if you just turn up and, and, and do what you need to do, you know. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big passion of mine that, uh, that I can't wait to get going, you know. So, yeah, I am, I'm happy to be, be involved in it. Leon could so easily draw from his past to create a persona. And it would not be bullshit. It'd probably make him some money, actually. But after all he's been through, he's got much bigger goals than selling fights. I just, just wanted me to tell my story and to help other, other kids and other people. From there, yeah, just spot on now to, to be able to start a charity and to help and give back to kids that, that's coming from where, where, where I come from. That understands, I understand the way, where, how they feel and what they're doing, you know. And if it could help one person, it's like I said, I, I, am, I am happy and I am grateful. What do you think your dad would have said about your fighting career? Even now as, as an adult, you know, I was thinking, oh, what, what, what would he say, you know, because it's so left field from what we were involved in as a family that, that I, was, I, I never know, you know, I would ask mom, like, oh, what do you think he would say? And just say, oh, you'd be proud of you, you know, and that makes me happy, you know, that, that he would be proud of me, you know, to, to see what I'm doing and see, see how, how good I'm doing, you know. That's one of the sad things, you know, that I'll never get to actually have a conversation with him to be like, yo, look, Dad, look what I'm doing, you know. I've done this, I've done that, I'm doing this, you know. And it's always one of these things that play, plays in my mind, you know. Leon became a fighter well before his first walk into the UFC octagon. He was forged into one from a young age because he wouldn't have survived if he didn't fight for a better life. What started as a means of survival became a calling. The sacrifices his mother made pushed him. Mentors and coaches helped build his confidence. The boy whose life was upended by a 2 a.m. phone call battled his way to become one of the most elite fighters in the world. But Leon really took off when the fight became bigger than himself. Now Leon fights for kids like him. 
If there is one thing his run in the UFC has proven, it is this. Fighting for yourself may get you far, but it is not until you fight for others that you can truly do anything. Thank you so much for listening to Becoming a Fighter. Thank you to Leon Edwards for telling his story and to you for listening. If you want to learn more about the UFC's partnership with Onside Youth Zones Youth Mentoring Program, please visit onsideyouthzones.org. Make sure you check out Leon's next fight, which is hopefully June 12th against Nate Diaz at UFC 263. Till next time, I'm Megan O'Levy. Thank you so much for listening. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.